This is Kanzenshu, the podcast episode 491 for the week of March 20th, 2022. Hello, everybody. Welcome back and so soon for another episode of Kanzenshu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Kanzenshu. Here at Kanzenshu, we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Indeed, we are back so soon with another episode. This is uh, an episode I... Hi, by the way, my name is Mike. You may see me around as Fujito EX. I want to get this episode out ahead of the current manga arc's theoretical forthcoming end and ahead of the upcoming theatrical movies release. And well, lol's on that one right there due to the news we got this week with it being delayed in conjunction with and uh, likely due entirely to uh, Toei Animation, their uh, network security uh, hacked, breached. All right, then. (laughs) <laughs> so that movie's not coming next month as we anticipated it would. Um, no new date on that. Um, but how does that tie into the topic for this here podcast episode? Well, what I wanted to do this time was basically the state of Dragon Ball. Uh, right now, everything. And that's really in two primary parts for the purposes of this podcast discussion. That is animated material and that is manga material. Of course, there's a whole bunch of other Dragon Ball stuff out there. And I'll address some of that as the conversation gets going here. Uh, but we wanted to see just take stock where we are, uh, what's going on, what's confirmed to be going on, what are the actual things that actual people said about actual items, uh, and a little bit of theorizing to the future, um, you know, shortly ahead in 2022, where do we think we're going to be going this year? So I've brought on, as always, the best of the best to talk about this kind of stuff. You're going to hear this discussion in two separate parts. First up, joining me will be Ian. You see him around as Cypher Online. Talk about the current Granola, the Survivor arc, uh, apparently coming to a close relatively soon. Um, what might be on the horizon beyond that. Then after that portion, AJ joins me to talk about animation. And that is, of course, with the upcoming theatrical film, Dragon Ball Super Superhero. We touched on the Dragon Ball Heroes, the promotional anime, and we touched upon the state of television series stuff as well. So there's a lot of good material in there. I'm going to hit you up uh, solo on the flip side of all that for a couple little miscellaneous errata stuff. I've already recorded those other two pieces, so I'm excited for you all to get to them. So without any further ado, let's get to that topic and i will see you on the flip side of those two portions so enjoy joining me from japan uh, i was just talking about this i I love trying to arrange (laughs) kind of like multi-global position recordings ian you probably see him around as cypher online welcome back to the show buddy thanks a lot glad to be here uh always a pleasure I would like to talk about the state of the Dragon Ball Super manga with you today. Uh, You are my go-to manga person. Uh, Even when I disagree with you on the uh, story content of the manga, uh, you always have something that just kind of makes me do a double take and think about something again. I usually still end up disagreeing with you on the story content, but that's okay. We're going to talk uh, a little bit more production stuff this time around. I say this time around, last time when you're on the show, we talked about production stuff, uh, but I'm very appreciative that we can do this. Uh, when I talk about the state of the Dragon Ball manga, we, we think we're kind of on the cusp of something new. Is that right? Yeah, that seems to be the case. Uh, it took, I think, uh, most people by surprise. We found out in, I want to say, late December uh, through one of the uh, video Dragon Ball news posts that uh, Jump will put up on YouTube from time to time. I say time to time. They are weekly. Um, but whether or not they have anything uh, re- related to news for the story or the ongoing series um, is kind of up in the air. That varies. A lot of time it's just product news. Um, but yeah, one of the ones that late last year, maybe it was early January, they had... 
uh, Victory Uchida, who is the editor and mascot character over at V-Jump for the Dragon Ball manga, uh, Dragon Ball Super manga. And uh, he announced uh, rather casually uh, that the current storyline, the the Granola, the Survivor storyline, was reaching its climax. And we would be receiving a new storyline in V-Jump by the end of 2022. And... You know, I'm I'm looking at the list right now, and that's kind of in line with the prior two arcs. When I look about when the Galactic Patrol Prisoner arc started, the end of Chapter 42 into Chapter 43, that was literally December 2018, and that ran for about two years. And it looks like this arc will run for more than two years. Uh, it seems to be their cadence for, for arcs. Um, I, I do want to ask about the, the specific wording of what they talked about. Where, is it like the arc is concluding? The arc is coming to a climax? I've seen people run with the various interpretations of what was said there. The wording he uses is mosugu shuryo to So he's literally saying it's going to end quite soon. Uh, mosugu is usually used for things that happen almost immediately. So the wording it sounds like is we're, we're in the wrap-up phases already. Um, and I think the reason that a lot of people ran with the word climax or, or assuming that we were in the climax already was because storyline-wise, well, story that video, that comment was coming right alongside uh, the fight with gas uh, starting to happen in the story. So a lot of people were reading that and saying, oh, is this just kind of a middle act still? Is there more to come? Which might say a lot about how the storyline itself is structured. Right, yeah. Um, but there was debate on whether we were actually in the climax of the storyline and then getting that comment, the arc is ending very soon. The arc is wrapping up, uh, confirmed for people that we were in fact in the climax, uh, story content wise as well. But yeah, it sounds like it's wrapping up. Uh, I think it would be reasonable to say within the next few months, uh, we'll probably talk about timing predictions and, and what people have ran with based on that. But, uh, it definitely doesn't sound like a phrase you would use if there were still, 11 months left to go <laughs> of the storyline. And when did that comment come out? Uh, that was, uh, in fact, it looks like early January. Okay. Um, looks like around January 3rd. Yeah. So we've had, we're, we're coming up on three chapters since that time. Yeah, since that was posted, I think, yeah, this upcoming would, would be the third chapter to come out since that comment. We're going into 82. Yeah, so when we're recording, it's the, the beginning of the week before chapter uh, 82 comes out later in the, I guess that would be the May 22 issue of V-Jump. That... <laughs> That sounds to me like, all right, should we be there? <laughs> yeah, so I, I kind of want to get into that uh, because this has been a recurring, uh, I would say, comment on the 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 fight right now in Dragon Ball Super without spoiling too much. Like, it just keeps going. Like, we literally had Chapter 79, Gas versus Granola, Chapter 80, Gas versus Granola Part 2. <laughs> this is where we're at with uh, chapter titles. Yeah, which I think is not in and of itself an issue or anything out of the ordinary for Dragon Ball, right? It has always we've, we've lived on these before. really long, twisty, convoluted climaxes. But yeah, I think we're we're getting into the home stretch, and I I think people are I don't know I this is an interesting one because I I actually don't think if we hadn't had that comment, I don't think people would necessarily be expecting the storyline to wrap up. Um, yes, correct. That's which, how I feel for sure. Yeah, and I think that's probably something to maybe save for uh, an arc review or arc check-in on sort of its <laughs> right, structure right, and yeah. pacing. But since we do have that, I think, yeah, we have to anticipate that the next, my personal guess would be two to three, we might start seeing it kind of truly wrap itself up. Um, mm -hmm. So the big prediction people had was, okay, once we got that comment in early January, when we 
still had potentially up to four chapters before the new movie was coming out, people were saying, right. okay, it's going to wrap up for the movie, right? And there was some mm-hmm. precedence to that because the uh, Universal Survival arc wrapped up November right. before. Right as, yep, yep. Drag- yep, Dragon Ball Super Broly came out in December. So it was pretty much the last chapter before the movie was going to come out. That was where that storyline wrapped up. And the next one started alongside the new movie, basically. Which made sense because Brawly was taking place after, storyline content-wise, it was taking place after the Tournament of Survival. Uh, sorry, the Universal Survival arc. And then the new manga arc was picking up after the movie, right? So you could read the end of it, go see the movie, or, or have watched the end of it and go see the movie, and then pick up right after seeing the movie with a new storyline in the manga. Especially because that felt like a different time compared to right now where we did have this big 2D animated movie where they were kind of making a big deal about the fact like oh, we're refreshing the character designs and, like it's an all new kind of like reapproach to it we're reintroducing this old character into it like everything was a big deal we had a new movie we had a new story arc in the manga video games are flying left and right they're still flying left and right like it, it was kind of a, a pretty exciting time this is the same but different in many respects where this manga arc is coming to a close we know we have a new one coming it seems like um we do have a new film coming but it's a different kind of film at the same time even though it's still theatrical film written by akira toriyama um can you contrast these these feelings a little bit yeah absolutely so number one i think it's natural that people expected this arc to be wrapping up for the film right because that's what happened last time but in mm-hmm. addition to the film sort of feeling like it's in a different place in relationship to the rest of the franchise, I think the manga does too, right? Because the yeah, last yeah. film and original manga arc we had, it was coming off of the TV series having ended, right? And it was the first new right. content since. First new film since Super had started. First manga original content since Super had started. Although there was the Universe 6 arc where it was a little bit ahead of the TV show. Sure. Mm-hmm. But all of those things are different from what's happening now, right? It's already, we've already gotten a film that continued past the TV series. We've already had a manga original arc. So I think it's maybe less on the minds of the powers that be that these things sort of function in the same way or time out around each other in the same way. Because at this point, the manga has already been established as its own continuing story. They can keep running it in V-Jump. People will keep buying or not buying it as it comes out, right? It has its audience that's built in and following it as a post-TV series continuation. They don't need that big push necessarily coming off of the TV series, coming off of a new film. And the film itself, right? It's not the big new sort of post-TV series experience. So I think they're more comfortable just letting these things run on their own timelines now. And I don't I don't see the need for this big push for, I guess, post-TV super content in general that you had around Broly and the Moro arc starting. And I'm certainly going to talk about that more with AJ. I haven't recorded that yet. I know how I'm going to line them up in this episode. So maybe listener, you've already heard it. <laughs> we will talk about uh, animation stuff uh, separately from this. Um, and I, I kind of want to talk about the, I don't know how to phrase this, the the non-usage of manga-specific items in the larger <laughs> franchise world. Uh, this kind of follows up on the last podcast episode I did where the Trunks DLC for Kakarot like, directly adapts a super manga original chapter. Um, so here we are going into a new theatrical film, and I think back to some of the Q&As that were thrown at Ioku about where does this take place? Does this take place after Moro and Granola? And to see that addressed in that kind of capacity was super interesting to me. And to ha- kind of have it hand-waved 
was an interesting choice. So uh, let's attack it from two fronts. Let's start with that kind of like Ioku uh, Q&A and, and how that went down. Yeah, well, I think this all kind of gets at another branch of speculation, right? Which is, are we going to see references to the manga storylines in the movie itself, right? How is that going to work? And I think mm-hmm. part part of the hand-waving, uh, one, I think the answer is probably no. I don't think we're going to see any very explicit references to anything that's happened exclusively in the manga in the movie. And I doubt, I, I personally doubt we're even going to get very light references, right? Like in Broly, obviously it was intended to bring in a, a wider audience, but you still had those continuity references. You had little flashes of the Tournament of Power mm-hmm. characters, right? Things that people who hadn't seen or read those arcs wouldn't know. Um, but they yeah. were lightly in there still. It was still kind of continuity heavy. Um, I don't think we're even going to get that level of referencing in the film. Um, a couple of reasons for that. One, from comments in multiple interviews, it seems like work on this creatively started pretty soon after Broly. Mm, um, yeah. So there was probably a level of just not even being able to take into account future manga arcs, which we know were pitched pretty close or, or sort of ironed out pretty close to them being published, right? So this was probably written and in production by the time the granola arc was even cemented. So I don't think they could do that. And then secondly, it's not the audience just isn't there in the same way that there is for a TV series. And they were even pretty unwilling to get too continuity heavy on references to the TV series in, in Broly. And I think in films like mm. this, right. Um, yeah, yeah. They really want them to be able to reach out to people who, even if you had just followed Dragon Ball back in its heyday, right, you could come in and enjoy these movies. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't think they want to get too bogged down in any continuity from any medium of Super. And I think especially then uh, the, a V-Jump manga, which has a much, much more limited audience. I know we talked about this last time, but there's always new listeners. There's always something new to learn. Um, and I know a lot of Western English-speaking American-specific fans kind of have a hard time wrapping their heads around this but super is really seen as a like oh twilight years i always describe it as the return of jafar direct to vhs like that's what v jump manga is kind of yeah yeah so i mean as far as not getting direct tie-ins in the movie i think a combination of production timing which would lead to hand waving and then also yeah just too limited an audience um for how accessible they want this kind of film to be and i think that's not well that that ties there's a separate issue right um people are also wondering why are there so few references right to the manga exclusive characters the manga exclusive storyline sort of in the franchise and merchandising and games and that's interesting right it's not that there's an unwillingness to use anything from the manga because we have had little bits here and there in like heroes cards the trunks dlc in kakra right which was panel for panel an adaptation of parts of the dragon ball super manga so they will use it but there's definitely an unwillingness to bring in anything that really requires you to have read the manga, right? We, we're not seeing manga exclusive characters yet. We're not seeing those things adapted. And there are a couple of reasons for that, right? One is even even in main weekly jump, you usually don't see like video game adaptations as far as I'm aware of manga only content, right? It pretty much always waits for the anime adaptation. Yeah, we're waiting for solidified voice actors actresses and that kind of stuff for sure yep and they want to save that big multimedia push for when there are the most eyes on it right which is when it's hitting tv instead of just being in a manga and that's that's for weekly jump right that's for their Mm -hmm. big main series and then just multiply that for something that is a v jump series um, (laughs) because even fewer eyes are on it so if they ever do adapt this content right 
that's when we would see the big pushes for it. And that's not unique to Dragon Ball Super. That's not unique to V-Jump series, but it is ever so more magnified for them. Um, And as far as if that stuff never gets into other medium or is never really adapted, we don't know what's going to happen with that, right? That would not be the first time that's happened with V-Jump series. Um, Dragon Ball Super is kind of unique. Uh, Boruto, I think, is kind of in the same boat. Those two together are kind of unique. Um, Yeah. Because previously there were so many like Yu-Gi-Oh sequels that ran in V-Jump and they continued for years after their respective anime and uh, anime series ended and they their exclusive content, which they had, never got adapted into anything. Um, so it wouldn't be the first time, but like the Dragon Ball Super Boruto era is kind of untested because there is a lot of main creator involvement and they're like pretty prominent sequel products. Um, so whether or not, and, and Boruto, that anime has started to adapt. It has an anime. <laughs> it, it does indeed. Well, yeah. And Dragon Ball Super currently doesn't. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. There is some sort of untested water there, but I think it, it would not be shocking if that content never moved into other medium, um, media. Uh, but it would also not be shocking if it does eventually, but it waits for, future adaptations, which I don't want to speculate on whether or not they'll happen. But yeah, I think in the meantime, we're not going to see anything directly referencing them in something that's supposed to be really accessible, like a new tentpole video game or new tentpole film. Um, It's too much work to put into yeah, solidifying voice actors, doing all of this promotional element for something that has such a limited audience to begin with. I think that's kind of the disconnect with some fans where to them it's like, well, I'm into Dragon Ball and this is new Dragon Ball. So why isn't this being pushed as big as, you know, an Avengers film? It's like, well, it's a V-Jump manga. And <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it sometimes. Yeah, it is a V-Jump manga. And, and, and again, it, it in Border Tower, like they're they're breaking out of V-Jump a little bit. Like they're, yeah, yeah, they feel a little bit different. But yeah, it is still a V-Jump manga. So without getting into an arc review, I do kind of want to like set the stage of where we're at with Granola and kind of what the future may hold for us. So we're we're in another arc that is still in between the defeat of Boo and the 28th Tenkaichi Budokai. We have another film that seems to be in the same place. I don't know how much credence we can do, give to Bulma's we haven't seen each other in five years statement anymore. Bulma just has a very bad memory now. <laughs> sure, you know, everyone does. <laughs> yeah. uh, the story will at some point lead to Oob stuff because that's where the manga is. Like, that's the next actual thing. What do you think... Toyotaro, Toriyama, Uchida, where do they go from here? Do we just do another, well, here's another giant adventure, you know, all incredible, powerful enemy or enemy group. What's next for a third manga specific original story arc, do you think? Yeah, well, I'm going to try to keep this away from what my own wishes would be um, and and kind of look at what has been said or what different routes they could take. Um, So we do know that when when they talked about pitching material for Granola, um, I think Toyotaro or Uchida in, in the interview they had, uh, which is a video interview on the site, and then part of it is published in the back of Volume 17 as well, which is currently only out in Japan. Um, but they talk about when they were drafting different ideas for the Granola arc, uh, they were thinking about, oh, do we use this universe or, or that universe, right? So using some of the other universes that have been set up uh, through the Universal Survival arc, is on the table, um, at least is something they're considering. 
Uh, I think that would have made a lot of sense maybe one or two arcs ago. So (laughs) maybe they'll go back to that. I think it's going to be hard to not move beyond the new movie. So uh, as far as what I think is reasonable and my own wish would be to have it be set, any new arc be set on the other side of the movie at least, right? Um, And we saw that happen with Moro, which was set after Broly. Um, right. And I think it's mm-hmm. really going to be hard to even even if they're just riding out this sort of limited V jump audience and they're content keeping things smaller scale in terms of like impact and audience. Um, I think it's really hard to not set it after the new movie. You're just going to lose so much uh, sort of build up around it. Um, so my prediction would be whatever comes next is going to be set after the new movie, at least, which entails a little bit of time skip, at least. What I would really love to see would be to just go for it and go beyond the end of the original manga. So I'll I'll, I'll lay out two routes here. I think if they are just content keeping it running as a safe, reliable seller as a V-Jump series, they'll set it after the new movie because I think it would be too detrimental not to, but they'll still keep it before the end of the original run. And they'll just do another, here's our new big bad, here's our new sort of self-contained storyline arc. Maybe we'll bring in one of the other universes again with one of those ideas we didn't use last time. That would be the safe, reliable option. My wish, I guess, or or the sort of we want to get eyes on Super again, we want to get eyes on the manga and pick up new readers option would be they go beyond the end of the original series. I really want that to happen, but I, I doubt it based on how they've been treating the manga so far. And especially because the plot Genesis seems to be coming from Toyotaro now. And he's expressed a sort of discomfort with going too far beyond uh, what Toriyama might want to do or be saving for a movie project or something like that. So what you're saying is Toibel's AF is the new canon. (laughs) Uh, Well, it's been the new canon for since 2015. (laughs) Uh, I I have so many questions and thoughts of where we could go from here. Um, How much do you think the fact that Heroes pulls from the other universes? I mean, we've had the Gods of Destruction. We've had... Um, where I don't even know what the Ultra God mission thing where they're doing their own other space time tournament thing right now in Heroes and its manga and its promotional anime. How much do you think that affects what they choose to do in the the main line manga here? Yeah, I mean, my hope would be none, right? Because I really want to see the main series tackle that in a story first, uh, yeah. sort of way mm-hmm. instead of a as a game promotional <laughs> item, first, right? Yeah. Right. Um. But it's possible it does, right? Because part of the editorial role at V-Jump, and again, this is another distinction from like a weekly jump editor role, is they're a mm-hmm. project manager and liaison for the larger franchises that these series are part of, right? So yeah. it's not unthinkable that as they're sifting through ideas to pitch to Toriyama, they're looking at, okay, well, we could do this multiversal storyline. And then Uchida is saying, well, you know, they're doing this over in Heroes right now. Maybe we should take a different tact so we don't overlap, right? Because he would be aware of that kind of the, the gears of the overall franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely possible that that is factoring in. My hope is that it isn't uh, and or that uh, Toyotaro or, or Toriyama or even Uchida just feels like the, the drive for picking up readership for V-Jump and for Super would be worth 
exploring those avenues if they had something fun they wanted to do. But uh, yeah, it's not impossible. Yeah, I, I think back to like, oh, it'd be so cool if Goku trains under the great priest and wears that outfit. Like, well, Heroes has already done that, but like very explicitly. And to have that kind of happen again, yeah, I think it would lose some of its impact. Then again, who's reading those? I don't know. So like, it would probably still have its main impact. But yeah, there, there are a lot of gears turning. And the fact that Uchida is there to at least be aware of it is probably helpful. Good. Well, I don't know if it's helpful for Super in and of itself, but I think it it does at least bring in the possibility that seeds of ideas that have already been used in Heroes will not show up in the main series, which mm. is too bad in some cases, right? I mean, if that's yeah, yeah. holding them off of more multiversal content, and I don't know that it is, that would be unfortunate. Um, I think Hearts was like a really great villain idea that got used over in Heroes in a very light surface level Heroes way. Uh, I think that's kind of too bad. I think anything specific like that that has been used in heroes so the idea of a villain sort of after zeno is probably never going to show up in the main series because that's too specific and was already used in heroes um so yeah stuff like that i think is definitely a factor and then i kind of want to finally uh attack gt a little bit here i I mentioned it a little bit um again i i make these broad generalizations and i am i'm always critical of folks making broad generalizations but i have actually read so many of these that i feel comfortable making a broad generalization Uh, i see so often folks like oh toei hates gt they're they're never gonna make it canon or if they do it they're gonna completely rewrite it and i i don't i don't think any of that is particularly accurate i don't think they hold it wholly and I, neither do I think they kind of discard it. Um, but when we talk about post Z, we do kind of talk about GT a little bit. It was an official product. Uh, if you were exclusively a V jump reader, you would kind of never know that GT went away. <laughs> like it's such a big part of the franchise, uh, it, particularly in heroes these days. So, and if were they to get to a post Z, post 28th Budokai, post Oob kind of time frame, what do you think they would or, or could or should do with regard to some of those GT stories? Is that this is finally the time that Toyotaro gets to, well, I guess he's already made a GT sequel. I don't know. But does, does he do it again? I think if they go beyond the ending of the original manga, there's going to be no regard for GT on a storyline, story content level. Um, as far as little illusions and things like that, we've had them from Toyotaro in the manga from day one. Uh, and even like Moscow, the God of Destruction, his whole design is a GT reference. Um, right. So, so that level of reference wouldn't be new. And I would expect that to continue or maybe even pick up a little bit if it did go beyond that, just because it's a fun little reference opportunity. But yeah, I don't think we're ever going to get uh, any push from either Toyotaro or Toriyama or anyone else to sort of readapt whole GT storylines. Um, as far as Shueisha and Toei's relationship with GT, they love it in a very specific capacity, right? They love it as an idea machine, right? It's like the relationship <laughs> that it's like the relationship that DC and Marvel have to like the movie studios, right? Where the comics that are getting published, like they don't care about the actual storylines there, but as IP farms and idea farms, they love them, right? Because audience want those audiences want those in, in other products, even if they never read a single issue of a comic. Right. A lot of kids in Japan now will never see a single episode of GT, but they love Super Saiyan 4 showing up in Dragon Ball Heroes and video games like the the IPs and the, the characters and the iconography are still eye catching and fun for yeah. the target audience. So they love GT, but I don't think that they care if anyone ever 
sees an episode of GT at this point. So I don't think we're going to see any attempts to rehabilitate specific storyline content. What they have from it, which is the characters and the iconography, they've already got and they can already continue to use those. Yeah, it's already part of the machine for sure. Is there anything else that you feel kind of sets the stage of where we are? That that feels pretty comprehensive to me. We compared it against the timeframes of Moro. Moro, they did that little survey and they put out a little promotional image and it was hitting right as the Broly movie was coming out. Granola was a natural continuation. Um, they did talk about it a little bit before. We're kind of in the dark right now, but again, just how many more chapters we have to go. Feels like it should be soon, judging from that comment, then judging from the story content, uh, hopefully soon too. Who knows? Um, I, I feel like we got it. we're in a good place. Yeah, it's, it's fine. I mean, I think a, a couple of things. I wouldn't expect the current storyline to last anything past summer, um, like June, July, I think at the very latest, and I think probably before that, um, just based on the wording of the comment okay. about it ending soon, right? It was not a phrasing you would use if you meant uh, October or November. And I think I'm interested just in what form the next storyline will take, because for me, I think it's going to kind of confirm what their approach to the manga is moving forward in, in a way that the previous ones haven't, because Moro was it felt kind of big for the manga at the time. It was the first post-TV series, post-movie original storyline. So it was yeah. kind of this question mark about, okay, how prominent do they want the manga to be in terms of continuing the franchise now? And no one really knew. And we've had one more intermediary arc since then while we're waiting for the new movie. But I think with this next one, if it's another arc where it's sort of safely set after the new movie, but still pigeonholing itself in the time frame before the end of the original series chronologically and if it still feels like kind of a self-contained little uh there's another thing that happened here style arc i think that's really going to cement that as being their approach for the manga i, I think we can kind of give up them doing the next big storyline push as a manga original storyline at any point in the future i think that would kind of confirm that that's not their vision for it moving forward that's all i got uh, Ian, I, again, I very much appreciate your time. Uh, it's sometimes difficult arranging the America Japan times, but this happened to work out. I know you've been busy lately, so I appreciate you, your time and everything you do helping uh, us out here. Content you, uh, anything you want to talk about plug mention that you got going on or you just like, and you think needs attention? Uh, no, I'm going to, you can, you can find my, my, uh, tweets over at uh at cypher underscore db on twitter uh sometimes they're about dragon ball sometimes they're not but yeah uh that's all i have for right now welcoming back to the show for the first time in uh, i don't know probably was it the moro review is that the last time i was thinking about this it feels really recent yeah yeah but 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 i think like there's that was just like a whole two years ago yeah <laughs> <laughs> it just vanished so two years ago three <sighs> podcast episodes ago i mean <laughs> it's aj yeah it is me hello excited to, to talk about stuff that i have like vague knowledge of <laughs> uh that's not true that's not true <laughs> everyone always sells themselves short when they talk about stuff uh so this is the I, i'm hoping by the time the podcast comes out i come up with a better title but like state of the dragon ball in 2022 we're talking about the manga and the animated adaptation 
it's plural, sort of, kind of, not really, on animated adaptations. Uh, want to put it all in context, see where we are in 2022, why we're not doing certain things, why we are doing certain things. Uh, and, I mean, it just kicks off immediately with, we have a new theatrical film coming out this year. We don't have a continuation of the TV series, despite the fact that the manga is still going. But we have a promotional anime that's a glorified commercial for a card game, and that's only in Japan. Dragon Ball is weird, man. It's really weird. Oh, by the way, that that movie, it's CG, not 2D animation. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there goes my, like, insight for the most part. Um, yeah, it's really, it is really a strange state. Like, I think, I mean, I first hopped into this, like, world of, of Dragon Ball nerds, like, properly. God, like, almost 10 years ago now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, just before Battle of Gods. And I feel like this is, like the weirdest state that I've experienced it in <laughs> where it's just like, it's kind of dead, but it's not dead. Uh-huh. Like it, it's yeah. It's just like, there's, there's a, a, a slight pulse <laughs> dragging that corpse of dragon ball behind them. As they <laughs> trudge on forward into this unexplored future. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about the, the movie just a, a little bit, why they're doing what they're doing possibly uh, and why they're not doing some other things. You can probably guess what some of those conversations may be. So let's just start right off the bat. Dragon Ball Super Superhero is a new theatrical film. It is debuting next month in Japan. And it seems like at least in North America, we're going to get it uh, sometime over the summer. But this is a first for Dragon Ball. Some of the other Shueisha and Toei franchises certainly have gotten CG movies in the past. I think about Zimugiwara Chase, Straw Hat Chase that One Piece got um, some number of years ago. They've done CG stuff before. But for Dragon Ball, this is uh, these are new waters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was the, the One Piece one, which admittedly I've never seen, but uh, from what I hear, it's surprisingly all right. Yeah, um, yeah my only real experience with with, uh, with Toei stuff is, Toei CG stuff, I should say, is just seeing clips from like Procure or, or like stuff that's popped up in amongst other uh, 2D things. So I I don't really have like a general opinion of, of what Toei's CG capabilities are like there's there's been some good stuff there's been some iffy stuff but I just yeah I don't really have like a a full grasp of of what to ex what to expect really yeah I'm I'm pretty curious in terms of Dragon Ball it's like all right this is Dragon Ball and you're throwing Toriyama's name on it and he seems like he's all gung ho about the story so what are you gonna do for it yeah I'm curious to see what they do here uh, I where I want to start there is. AJ, why are they doing a CG movie? And there's kind of like two underlying questions there. Um, Maybe there's even more than, let's see how many questions I come up with to set the stage (laughs) for this question. It's like, what are time slots? What go in time slots? Why do they go in those time slots? What are the animators doing? Why aren't they doing Dragon Ball? (laughs) Can you kind of like tackle some of these? Yeah. Oh God. So, I mean, as far as why CG goes, there's, there's been a lot of, you know, throwing mud at One Piece and going like, ah, oh, One Piece is the focus, and that's why we're we're not getting you know a a, a CG uh, sorry a two D movie. Like it doesn't make sense because we just had like such a successful thing. But probably why would you go to CG? Um, I I don't think the answer is to is to blame another series, and I I think the reason for that is that I don't know that it necessarily makes sense on paper because there's like a there's quite a big focus on movies uh, at Toei at the moment. Like you've got um, you know, a Digimon movie and a Slam Dunk movie and the One Piece movie. And like the One Piece movie, I think for the most part is uh, in-house and um, has some freelancers here and there. But then the Digimon movie is, 
you know, largely outsourced. I think the, it's Umeta company or something like that. And then Slam Dunk, um, is, you know, helped out massively by Wit and Production IG. So I think they, they could have done it 2D potentially. It just, I think it would have relied very heavily on outsourcing. And I don't know that that's what they want to do mm. with Dragon Ball. And I think the other side of it is that we know that they've wanted to try something with CG for Dragon Ball for a long time. As a, an interview that's, you know, gone around for ages was in V Jump with, uh, was he the ex president now, uh, Kozumo Rishita? Um, mm, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying that, you know, like CG is so popular in the West and, you know, we, we really want to try something with it. Um, just experiment with it and, and, you know, see how, you know, kids in other countries respond to that. Um, I think he said like, maybe it's not as popular, uh, in, in Japan. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's for the most part an experiment. And also aside from that, just because they can't really do the film the way they may want to in 2d. So yeah, I think that, I think it's a mix of, of, of two, of two things really. They want to do it and they also can't really do it 2d the way they would like to got it yeah so i mean you said not to blame one piece but you kind of are blaming one piece a little bit it sounds like like that's where the (laughs) in-house staff is right now but i mean one piece has that's the the real ongoing series you're gonna hear ian and i talk about this a little bit but dragon ball super is a v-jump series it's not the same as something running in weekly shonen jump and one piece is still the cultural juggernaut that it is over there and stampede looks like that came out in 2019 ish something like that so yeah the there it's not like they're flip-flopping dragon ball one piece dragon ball one piece but you mentioned the trying out cg and they want to experiment with things this also is kind of a regular trend in japan i'm thinking to like the dragon quest 5 movie there's the lupon movie that they did there's a bunch of cg franchise movies that seems like everyone's experimenting with is this just their phase yeah i just i i guess i mean i i I, you know i don't know the minds of these companies but i would imagine they you know they they look at how phenomenally successful you know the the pixar stuff is over here and sure yeah yeah. just want to try it really and and i guess i don't know because like i don't want to be presumptuous but i think Maybe it's this idea of like looking across to the West and seeing how 2D has been so phased out mm, um, yeah. outside of certain things and thinking like, well, are we like, are we slacking? Do we need to like change something and try yeah, this? Can we, can we compete with that? So I, yeah, I don't know. Um, but it's, it's definitely interesting. That's a super fair point. I mean, look at what Disney is doing, what Pixar is doing. I mean, the, there's two like somewhat gigantic movie releases that just came out from that empire. <laughs> they're, they're full CG. Uh, even I didn't really consider it from that perspective. Like, yeah, it really primarily is CG movies over here and they are massive blockbusters. And maybe that does make sense for them to take one of their biggest franchises and try to turn it into that, that same style. Yeah, I think maybe the only other side of it is that like, and this is a bit more of a, a depressing perspective maybe, oh no. is that okay. like, like the, I guess the 2D industry is so stretched. Yeah, yeah. That I guess you just end up in these situations where it's like, well, we want to produce something, but how do we even like do it at the moment? Who's free? Yeah, I mean, like again, like we talking about like where Dragon Ball stuff are, like they're so split all over. Like, I mean, you look at, I think Digimon is probably where most people are at the moment. Okay, because um, you have what the series director, uh, 
Master Mitsuko, who was like a regular director on Dragon Ball Super and, and helped out with Broly. And that's where like Tate and Kitano and Kaido and like all these big animators who like really carried a lot of the action in uh, Super R. Uh, God, you've got Shimanuki and Tiong who are on One Piece now. And then like Manabe's on Dragon Quest. Maybe I said that already. I don't know. They're just like everyone is kind of split between Digimon, One Piece, and Dragon Quest. And like mm. there's some like world trigger thrown in the, the midst of it. And then of course you have Heroes, which is just this weird thing that I just don't know what to think of. Like I feel like I just I don't I don't understand why it exists other than like I guess it's exclusive exclusively to just promote the show, but it's just the staff that are on it just seem to only work on that and nothing else. And I'm like, how, like, how does that take up all your time? Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> is it just, uh, Yamamura's got his own skeleton crew over there. That's just what they're yeah, doing. That's Sometimes what like. they like, get like, like Tate Shida or something like that. It's so bizarre. Yeah. It's like Yamamura will direct and storyboard basically everything. Sometimes you'll get a, uh, a different director to come in. Um, but for the most part, it's him, Suji, who was uh, the, the chief animation supervisor on, on Super, along with Takeo Ide. Like, those three are always there. And then mm. you just have these, like, little remnants from Super. Like, uh, Ishikawa was uh, another supervisor on the show who just seems to only be on uh, Heroes at the moment. Um, yeah, you just have loads of people like that. And they just seem to only do Heroes. And that's it. <laughs> Let's stick with that for a second, because I, I think about, OK, it's only a 15 minute show and it's only monthly. And honestly, I mean, sure, they have to do their own storyboards and, and writing and stuff. But a lot of it's also provided to them in the form of, well, the game story is what you're doing. So like they kind of get an assignment on what to do in terms of that story. So it does make you wonder, like, OK, so what do they do all month? <laughs> yeah, I can't work it out like. I haven't seen, I mean, Yamamura popped up on Dragon Quest, maybe the, I know he was on once, maybe twice. Okay. I, I just, I haven't seen him outside of Heroes since, like, that's all I've seen him on. And I guess, I guess maybe it makes more sense for him because he does have to storyboard and correct and, sure. you know, animate and whatever. But, um, I mean, th they locked him in the closet. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's an odd one. I, I, cause I, I was looking, cause I was thinking like, because you obviously sent me some some slight you know outlines for this podcast, and so I was thinking, what what is Heroes' purpose? And okay, it exists to promote the show, but it's it's like it's Japan only. So how is it like? How does this benefit like international awareness at all? And it doesn't really seem to. No, because they, I mean, they region lock it. They don't seem to do much about people who repost it. But I also kind of wonder in that regard, like, well, they also already did the one to two minute animated intros for each new mission that comes out. So how is this different from what they were already doing? I guess they expanded it and voiced it a little bit, but that's still, it, I don't know, it seems superfluous and unnecessary for how heroes does like heroes didn't need it for so long. Why did they think they needed it then? And that was during yeah. super. <laughs> yeah. Like that's basically the underlying point I was trying to make. Like, it's just, you look at the view count for it and it's like, half a million sometimes just shy of a million which i suppose is not awful for for what it is but it just seems so small compared to obviously the amount of work that <laughs> compared we're going to into like it. here here's how i fell in elden ring today and it's like it's like five million views in 24 <laughs> exactly. hours like yeah it's just such a strange product that i just yeah like obviously it exists to be a commercial but i don't get the purpose outside of it is it worth it i don't know 
I, I mean, I kind of feel like it's a, um, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but like a, a respect, like, yes, please just keep doing this. It's it's over here. You're fine. Thank you. Thank you for your time <laughs> kind of thing. Um, maybe that's being a little too cruel towards, uh, you know, a, a franchise stalwart who did such amazing work in the past. But anyway, um, let me turn you back to the upcoming film a little bit, Superhero. Um, what can you tell me about the animation supervisor? So this is Chikashi Kubota. Yeah, so he uh, he's like a massive Dragon Ball nerd. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like he... Um... He's like good friends with uh, Katsuyoshi Nakatsuru, who's the okay. character designer for uh, the the Boo arc, and obviously a big part of of Dragon Ball's history. So like he has a little connection there. Uh, his first proper work for Dragon Ball was um, the the Broly movie, the you know the big big green power up section, the little okay. fight that comes after it that people really enjoyed. Uh, and he was so into you know Dragon Ball, he released his own art book, and so. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool to then see him come along and now you know be the designer and, and animation supervisor for this this uh, this movie, providing you know drawovers for the actual CG itself, along with you know posters and whatnot. Um, yeah, it's it's a cool step. I mean, I would have loved to have, have seen this kind of thing, you know, in a two D capacity. I mean, he's yeah. very talented. I think most people probably know him for his uh, One Punch Man. Um, character designs and whatnot but uh yeah it's just it's this is how it is i guess we we get him in in a cg format which is fine i'm curious to see how it turns out but uh that's definitely a cool name i'm very curious about where shintani is like there have been some posters out there that look like he's a part of it just Mm -hmm. with some drawovers and some and some of the designs seem a bit like him i don't know if that's just me looking too much into it but that may be you know that may answer the big question mark of where on earth is this man? Like he vanished. He was on, he was on like Dragon Quest episode one or two vanished, popped up on that. Like one, what was it called? Was it the Annecy like anniversary thing? And then, yeah, just completely gone. So I don't know if he's involved. It would be cool if he was, but uh, yeah, Kubota is, is the main one. And you, uh, yeah, you see his drawovers in the trailers. There's some like, there's like a clip in a trailer where you can see like three characters in the background that are drawn in 2d like illustrations and those are his work that was what tipped me off um before it was announced i was like that is very much like that art book he released and then you know it came out officially i was like yes i feel vindicated (laughs) Uh, but um yeah it's uh it's a cool and interesting choice how about the rest of the names on staff is there anyone else you want to pull out of here whether it's cg or direction anything yeah i think the choice of director is interesting. I think when you you look at some of the directors that they've picked for CG stuff in the past, you tend to get people who have some experience either as just like a regular director or they've like done 2D animation before and, and like moved up and across into CG, like um, uh, Naoki Miyahara, who mm-hmm. was, you know, a big name on, on Z, is now all into CG and then directed um, Pop in Q, I think it was, maybe? I forget. No. Anyway, he was he did a CG thing anyway. <laughs> um, but whereas what we have here is uh, Tetsuru Kodama, and this is like a big step up for him. Like he's only credits for direction prior to this with some like short stuff uh i think the only thing that i think us dragon ball fans would know him for is doing the uh, cg sequences in dragon ball super broly Mm, so i think that's just like the natural step for him i think they just thought well 
you did that, so come do the CG on this. So I don't know I don't know what his direction will be like because he's not the CGI director. He's just like the director of the film. Um, is that kind of like taking Yamamoro from doing designs and animation work and being like, well, why don't you direct the next one? That's what it feels like, yeah. Um, so I'll be curious to see how that turns out. The actual CGI director is, uh, and I may butcher this name, I think it's Kaoru Chung, Chung um, who was the CGI director on Knights of the Zodiac. That is that the Saint Seiya thing? Yes. Um, yeah. He is just like a massive unknown. Uh, like there is basically nothing about this person on the internet so you kind of just have to to look at the trailers for that stuff and go well i guess that looks okay so Mm. maybe maybe we're in good hands maybe not i don't know that's kind of it for for the direction side of things a lot of the stuff after that is fairly similar the the color design um is from rumiko nagai who did broly uh and you have um art direction the background work from nobuhito sue who it's a different person who did the backgrounds in Broly, but they did work on Broly doing like the art setting role, which is kind of similar to backgrounds anyway. So that kind of stuff is basically the same. And then of course the music has just been like totally changed up. <laughs> bye bye Sumitomo. Hello Naoki Sato, who I think I'm just so excited to hear work from. You know, he did the music for Sword of the Stranger, which I think is just one of the best, you know, movie soundtracks in all of anime and yeah i'm so excited to hear what he does for 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 dragon ball i'm looking at sato's list here it seems like done a lot of live action stuff too so i wonder if that's kind of a a pullover into the dragon ball side of things maybe they felt uh you know kind of like how they felt they wanted to do it probably from a visual style where it's going to be totally different so let's bring in someone different maybe they felt similar thing about going cg like maybe they want a different sound and feel for it in that regard yeah that would make sense I'm just curious what sort of sound he'll go with. Like, will it be similar to what Sumitomo is doing, or will we go for like more of a a classic Dragon Ball? Yeah, sound? I feel like classic I feel orchestral. Like, yeah, I feel like that orchestral sound is what I associate most with him. So maybe maybe we'll get something like that. I don't know. I want to pull things back around to. I mentioned time slots earlier, and we, we kind of talked this out a little bit. Um, maybe folks can guess where this is going. AJ, why isn't there a new Dragon Ball Super television series? <laughs> Ignoring all the um, shit you ate, you know, for months and years over some of that stuff. But I mean, from my perspective, <laughs> it feels like they're all like, no, thank you. We're good. We don't want to do this again. Uh, but you kind of already addressed like the animators are split between at least three, like fairly substantial television productions right now and uh, they're not doing a movie so they get some cg people going on i also wanted to throw out some numbers that maybe put this into perspective so uh, i'm digging back a little bit i'm looking at this looks like the fiscal 2019 figures so you know we're you know broly was still going hype cycle was going international releases you know dragon ball is really big that year, that fiscal year, Bandai Namco posted a, looks like 63 billion yen uh, profit for that full fiscal year. We're only three quarters into this fiscal year and they've already posted a 61 billion profit. Now, again, this is just merchandise. All right, that's Bandai Namco. What about Dragon Ball? So again, so fiscal 2019, um, Dragon Ball pulled in 129 billion yen. That was a jump over the previous year. Here we are in 2022. No television series. Movie isn't out yet. Um, they are projecting <laughs> 136 billion. Jesus. 
I mean, why as, do anything? <laughs> as, yeah, right, right. Why bother? <laughs> as we kind of saw, like, I always think back when Kai was on TV and the profit was going down. <laughs> and as soon as Kai was no longer on television, I mean, things jumped up. I mean, that happened to time up really well with Heroes uh, taking off big time. And they were doing a lot of stuff with the franchise at that time. But I really feel like we're in another key moment of they don't need a television series for their merchandise partner, who is such an important part of the Dragon Ball family to just rake in free money here. Yeah, it's uh it's wild. Like there's I think what I find so interesting, it's like you said, like they it's almost like they just want to go, no thank you, we don't need that. Because like you have you have Kitaro, which was uh what replaced Super when it finished. Right. And that was only supposed to run for a certain amount of time. And then um you know we were told that it then got extended. Uh, beyond its original, you know, runtime. And then we have Digimon that came in and then that ran. And then suddenly we had another Digimon series and we don't know when that land, possibly towards the end of the year. But that's the only time slot that could possibly fit in there. Like there's a Kitara spin-off coming, which is Akuma-kun, but that's only on Netflix um, mm, yeah. in 2023. And, you know, it won't even be animated by Toei. So like, yeah, it's just, it's, it it is almost like there's just this feeling of we don't we don't need Dragon Ball right now. I think if it if it were to come, it would make the most sense to be after this uh, after this Digimon series finishes because I mm-hmm. think I think that does also align with stuff like Dragon Quest coming to an end. And I mean, I, we haven't mentioned this, but we know that on the CG movie there are some 2D staff who are helping animate some of the 2D effects, like um, beams and explosions and whatnot. Uh, like Yuya Takahashi, for example, is doing a little bit of work there. Uh, so you know, it's possible that things will align and maybe we'll get a TV series towards the end of the year. But again, it's just. It's, it's just guesswork. There's no there's no indication of it. It doesn't need to exist, as you just said with all those figures. But yeah, and I really feel like Dragon Ball. I mean, that's its grandfathered slot. Um, I don't know if people know the history, but Dragon Ball used to air Wednesday nights, um, and then well, Dragon Ball GT took its place. And eventually, One Piece was running in a similar time, and then when One Piece got moved to Sunday mornings, that was a whole big shakeup over what Fuji TV uh, wanted to do with those time slots. And all right, so, all right, it became Sunday morning, whatever. I mean, that that's kind of been like the rotating Dragon Ball, Kitaro, One Piece. Like they've all inherited these same kind of time slots. Um, so it, if it were to ever come back on the air, it feels like it would get its spot back. Um, and it doesn't seem like there's a really great other time in the Fuji TV schedule for something like that. Like, why wouldn't you put it back to back with One Piece? That seems like the most natural place. But as you're outlining, like, all right, what shows are airing right now? What are they going to do with them? I mean, if they were going to do a Dragon Ball TV series after seeing everything that happened with the previous one, you would like to think they would give it such an extensive pre-production <laughs> time frame so that we as the audience didn't have to literally see it melt on screen and then have to try and tell us to our face that no that's not what you saw happen <laughs> yeah you would hope so but unfortunately it's 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 very strange because you look at something like one piece right now which is just i mean there's it is unquestionably the best-looking long-running TV series on I TV right now. I cannot wait to get to that arc. I have so far to go, but <laughs> <laughs> like, it, yeah, the production values there are just insane, and and there is so much 
passion for the staff. Like they, they recruit overseas, you know, they mm. get special animals yeah, yeah. all the time. Like it is stunning. And then you, you turn around and you look at Digimon and Digimon is just, it is in the same state that, that super was early on where, where staff are just like, you know, crying. <laughs> like we have like two, <laughs> we have like a week, two weeks to get stuff done. And I, I will say it doesn't show as much on the screen uh, as far as like, uh, artwork goes but it doesn't move and if it does move it looks very janky <laughs> i mean the um, the industry is fucked right now right i mean this is everything we've been hearing is the the rates are terrible the availability is terrible yeah yeah everything is just kind of it's at it's at that point where it's like you know we're we're on twitter and we're grabbing people who've posted like two cool animations before and like that's that's their resume. They have no other experience because mm. it's like it's at that point of desperation, really, with, with, with the industry, which is unfortunate. But you know, <laughs> that that's the reality right now. So let's look into the future a little bit. There's no way we can ever know what's going to happen, and Dragon Ball in particular always seems to surprise us and defy all expectations, good, bad, or neutral. They they sure seem to do things at times that don't seem the most responsible for stewarding such a franchise like this. But so let's say we get past April. Um, <laughs> do you think in May we're going to hear tupers coming? <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I think there is definitely, I think you can pinpoint enough things and, and predict enough things ending that you could probably put together like a theoretical, uh, you know, staff for, for, a, for a series towards the end of the year. I'm definitely huffing on the copium a little bit, but you know, <laughs> you, you, you look at something like, um, world trigger, uh, seasons one and two, um, sorry, two and three rather. And you have, uh, Mario Hatano, who obviously has history with super having, you know, series directed the future trunks arc, uh, poor guy. But, um, yeah, I think he would be available. You would have the production manager from that as well, uh, Tetsuo Inagaki. There's some history there that could work. Again, like I said, you, you have things like Dragon Quest probably coming to an end, and that's where um, Kazuya Kurosawa is at the moment, who was a regular director on Super and an assistant director on Broly, like a big name for uh, Dragon Ball. Um, Manabe is on that as well, another big action star from Super. Uh, I think... If Digimon was ending there too, to open up that time slot, that's, of course, where I said the majority of Super staff went. So you would be bringing back all of those people again, and then you could draw in, I guess, inevitably, the people who are just in Heroes Prison. And you kind of have, like, the basic framework for staff there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if Toei do then go, I guess, continue down the road of working with a lot of other studios at the moment, you could... Yeah, you could have a staff there that that you know could could produce a, a series. <laughs> it sounds like so it could happen, but it's like well, all these things would kind of have to line up perfectly, and there be enthusiasm, and honestly, the ideas even. Um, a, a couple routes for that is: um, were a continuation of the television series to happen, would you expect us to see Moro and Granola? Ooh, hmm. Or are they just going to be like, no, nope, we got two separate stories? Yeah, I feel like I feel like no. I feel like the fact that the film has just now thrown us like we have 
like grown up trunks and go then just all right that's a thing now yeah i just it doesn't it doesn't seem like they ever want to backtrack mm. yeah yeah and, and i don't know if that's just from the perspective of like new things are great let's keep doing new things to the future let's go or if it's or if it's case maybe even in combination with that idea of how poorly people responded to having to go through such long retellings of two movies yeah um yeah. i mean personally i would love to see it because i think there's some really interesting stuff in there and of course you have you know forms and and certain other progression that yeah. would obviously be incredible marketing material you throw that on a screen and suddenly you have so many figures uh to sell mm-hmm. which is i think one of those aspects that i see talked about a lot you'll have to tell me if this is 100 percent true but i'm fairly sure we don't have like actual proper merchandise from manga stuff like there's no moro figure is there there's no like right. ultra ego vegeta figure stuff like that it's almost yeah. like the, they're kind of like saving things that people would love and would buy but don't do anything with it so like will that come to screen and then will they like push that out there i don't know it's um it's another one of those big question marks from like that's easy money what are you doing Right. I did talk about this at the end. So depending on where I put folks, <laughs> whether you're first or in first, I don't know if people already hear it or already heard it or, or will hear it. But yeah, we did talk a little bit about like, what's the deal with manga stuff doesn't really seem to come in. There's been a couple specific examples. Again, Trunks DLC, some heroes attacks and those kinds of things. Um, and we kind of arrived at like, it seems like they all always want to wait for an anime for like voice actors or whatever they want to do there. Um, but so kind of like last question for you, and this is kind of how I ended with Ian too. So I want to get two different, you know, manga versus anime perspectives on this. Um, Dragon Ball super, the manga runs in V jump. It's, it's a, <laughs> it's the sequel series that yeah, Toriyama's name is on, but he's not, you know, the name on it. Dragon Ball super is not on the level of, uh, a One Piece or even something like a Dr. Stone or a Spy Family, like the the series currently running in the flagship weekly Shonen Jump. It's it's that thing over there. Um, and you and I are coming from a Western perspective. You're over there in the UK. I'm over here in America. And you know, we're not in Japan. The rest of the world seems to look at Dragon Ball as it's all Dragon Ball. It's also it should be so important. Why aren't they making this Avengers level? Do you think it is just part of that? Like, well, it's a sequel series. So like when we get to write a movie, we'll we'll put some stuff behind it. But that's about it. Yeah. God, that's a very good question. And I feel very on the spot. Um, <laughs> good, good. I'm, I'm <laughs> supposed to be a host and I'm doing my job. I suppose. Hmm. I think you're right about the Western perspective. Like, I, I think something like Dragon Ball is such a, a global franchise. And then you look at something, you look at, you look at Japan where I suppose it is a bit of like a, a has been series to yeah. an extent yeah. in this. Yeah. Like, like you said, like it's, it's not the big current Shonen Jump thing. Um, and just purely anecdotally, like when I, when I was there and you just, you look around and, and you see like, what's being promoted you know like i I was there for the release of resurrection f and broly even then there's so much one piece stuff there's so like anything currently in shonen jump it still gets pushed the most so yeah i think maybe it's just a case of of two different perspectives where japan has so much stuff competing that you know like attack on titan blows everything out the water over there you know one punch man sure they have a presence in the west but I think Dragon Ball is just such a, a huge 
defining name. It's one of those series that helped launch anime in the West. Yeah, I think it's. I think it is just two different perspectives, maybe. I feel like that could go so many directions. I, I kind of like. I'm thinking now about you know J-pop versus K-pop and how they you know, they just put it out there like, yes, we want the global, full global. It's on streaming services, YouTube videos, everything. Like, please take it. As opposed to Japan, where it's like, no, we're going to focus on our One Piece because that's what's popular here. Even though we keep looking at these numbers, like Dragon Ball makes you so much more money internationally. <laughs> like logically to us, like it just seems like these lines are perfectly connected and everyone's looking at them cross-eyed. I, I, I don't have any answers to any of these questions. Um, as I said before, I feel like they always make the strangest decisions with Dragon Ball. And you know what? I'm here for it. It gives me new things to talk about. So <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Uh, is there anything else you, you feel is important to throw in? Is like the state of Dragon Ball anime. We talked about the lack of a TV series. We talked about the Heroes promo anime. We talked about this upcoming CG theatrical film. Is there anything else? Uh, no, I think that's largely it. I think again, I would just reiterate that, like, just just from a purely personal <laughs> position, I just make it really clear: you don't need to just yell at One Piece. It's like everything Toei produces at the moment that is in the way of of Dragon Ball. I just see so much stuff online that's like, ah, oh, all they care about is One Piece, but it's it's kind of not. Like, there's so much stuff. Um, I think that would, that would basically be my my final thoughts on it, uh, my final word on it. All right, Shadowbringers, Heaven's Ward. I think I think I'm putting Stormblood above Endwalker now. Endwalker then a Realm Reborn is is that the correct order? For me, it would be uh, Heaven's Ward, Shadowbringers, Stormblood. No, 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 no. Let me go back. Heaven's Ward, Shadowbringers, Endwalker, Stormblood, a Realm Reborn. Really? Potentially. I've come so much more around on Stormblood in retrospect as I think back on it and how much it did kind of like set. Mm. Can we, I mentioned this before we started recording, but I really did just want to sit and talk with you about FF14 <laughs> for like three hours. See if we can get anyone else to talk to this like totally oh, random so side good. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd be so down. Uh, but in, in all seriousness, um, YouTube is not really on my radar. It's just not a part of my life, but I do want to acknowledge that Y'all had some bullshit going on, it seemed. Um, is there anything you want to just toss out there from from that perspective? Yeah, that was uh, that was certainly ordeal. I mean, for people who don't know, like I don't, I obviously, I guess, came up on YouTube via Kanzenshu, uh, and then stopped once Super ended. I now uh, work for the YouTuber Totally Not Mark. Um, I handle his sponsorship stuff. So if you ever see this video is brought to you by Manscaped or whatever, that's me writing that. Hey, James, the Manscaped that. guy. All right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so unfortunately, he had um, just hundreds of videos taken down, um, just out of the blue. Woke up at like five a.m., thirty were gone. Went back to sleep. Came up, uh, came back up a couple of hours later, and just boom, like half the channel obliterated. Uh, by Toei, just no rhyme or reason. Yeah, very, very strange. And just from, you know, talking to lawyer people and YouTube directly, it just seemed to be a whole case of a, a, a cultural difference <laughs> as, as, as far as, you know, what constitutes fair use. Um, but also done very carelessly. You know, we had drawing videos that just had like no footage in at all that were taken down and then they would like restore one but the other one that was exactly the same would still be down um 
yeah, it was a very, very strange case. And we were, we were very thankful that, uh, YouTube actually stepped up for once and essentially said to Toei, you know, if you would like to block your videos in Japan, you are more than welcome to, because we understand that by law there, sure, this might not count, but basically everywhere else in the world, this is totally fine. So you don't really have a leg to stand on here. And yeah, now all the videos are back and we're back on, on, on a roll again. So yeah, big, big positives there, <laughs> but uh, yeah, very, very scary. Uh, for, for for a period of time over Christmas as well. Thanks very much, Toei. <laughs> I mean, it's it's these companies. And we've constantly battled against them. I've certainly had my own battles with Shoisha and Toei. Not not to that extent. It was in the pre YouTube days. Um, I kind of appreciated it back then. It's like if they wanted to say something, they really had to like go out of their way to come say something like in person. Um, that doesn't exist these days. It's all they can not anonymous, but just manually or automated and just in the background, just tap, 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 just do whatever they want. And, you know, I think so much about Konzenshu in the future and history and documentation and preservation. Like, what does that mean when you have a rights holder that doesn't respect the history as much as you want to? And that's not even on like the piracy level. That's just on like <laughs> just telling people facts, you know? Yeah. I think that was like the big thing for us, you know, like we, uh, as far as like Mark's content goes, you know, we go so out of our way to make sure that we really do, you know, like obviously fair use is a defense, you know, you make that clear all the time for people who try and like upload a clip and go, you know, credit to the rights holders, but like, you know, no really copyright do. intended. Like, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, like we, we, we go so far out of our way to make sure that like whatever we're using is exactly what we're talking about and it's only for a couple of seconds and is relevant like you know we're not just filling up videos with, with footage so you know it was it was a real blow to to have something like that happen <sighs> but yeah all right well i continue to wish y'all luck and uh just keep trucking along <laughs> i guess that's <laughs> all you can do um AJ, thanks. So you mentioned Mark stuff. Is there anything of your own that you want to mention or plug? Uh, I also put this out there. If you think there's anything that you just think deserves attention uh, that you want to mention. Uh, no, I would say uh, play Final Fantasy 14 and try not to get addicted. I failed. I have <laughs> become addicted. I've lost my life to it. I only started in July, I think, and have like 1600 hours played or something. And yeah, I think everything's gone downhill for me now. I'm a mess. Ah, and it's all because of this wonderful, wonderful game. So, yeah, play it or don't, but definitely, definitely play it. <laughs> don't, but definitely. I appreciate that answer because that is the correct answer. All right. Thank you, AJ. Appreciate it. So I have a little more I want to talk about with regard to Dragon Ball manga. Uh, we primarily talked about the Dragon Ball Super manga, Ian and I, but there is a lot of other Dragon Ball manga out there. As one of maybe half a dozen people proudly buying Psycho Jump every month now, thank you, Shueisha, for making that a monthly magazine again instead of bi-monthly and shipping cost being four to five times the cost of the actual magazine itself. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, this magazine for five-year-olds that I have 
on bookshelves here. Anyway, there's a lot of manga running in Psycho Jump uh, still these days, so I wanted to touch on all of that and uh, how that relates to the larger Dragon Ball franchise, where it all stands. If we talk about Psycho Jump and Dragon Ball manga, we can't not mention Dragon Ball SD. Uh, it actually no longer runs in Psycho Jump. Naho Oishi's kind of chibi SD retelling of the Dragon Ball manga uh, started with Psycho Jump when it debuted as a magazine itself, and it pretty much ran entirely from there, just missing, I believe, two issues uh, up until the point that the magazine went into a refresh relaunch hiatus last summer uh, and then when the magazine came back Dragon Ball SD was no longer in it. SD runs exclusively as a, a video. It's not actual video. It's just manga panels in video form on Shueisha Psycho Jump's uh, official YouTube channel there. And that's it. That said, there is an eighth volume of the collected manga for Dragon Ball SD coming out that is due out on April 4th alongside a bunch of other manga releases some of which I'll be talking about momentarily early. Uh, that's the state of SD. A little sad to see it relegated to video only, but that's where Oishi is these days. So if Dragon Ball SD is no longer in Psycho Jump, the longest running Dragon Ball manga currently serialized in Psycho Jump is the Dragon Ball GT anime comic. Uh, these days it's in full color instead of the limited palette it used to have. Uh, and right now in the most recent issue I'm looking at here, this is the April 2022 issue of Psycho Jump. We're into baby infesting Goten, Gohan, and Vegeta. So just a little backstory on what this is. The Dragon Ball GT anime comic is exactly what it sounds like. It is Dragon Ball GT, the television series, put into manga form. So it's screenshots, it's dialogue bubbles. It's exactly what you expect it to be. It started in the January 2014 issue at the Evil Dragons arc, so kind of at the end of the series. That was relevant at the time to the Evil Dragons mission in Dragon Ball Heroes, which was put in the magazine to help support and indoctrinate fans into understanding and being excited about. Uh, it went to the end of the series and then looped back around again to the actual start of GT in the September 2019 issue. And it's uh, kept going ever since. There have been three collected volumes that have come out so far of the GT anime comic, the manga there. Uh, they, that comprises all of the Evil Dragons arc stuff from before. So they have not gone back to collect the beginning, beginning of the series yet. But they'll probably come at some point down the line, I assume. There are two other manga running in Psycho Jump for Dragon Ball these days. Uh, another one I'll mention, a relatively new series. This is Super Dragon Ball Heroes Avatars by Yuji Kasai. That started in the September 2021 issue, which is right when the magazine relaunched after that hiatus for a, a refresh. So it kind of takes the place of a previous series. There was um, Dragon Ball Heroes Charisma Mission by Yoshitaka Nakayama, a name I'll mention in a moment here, where its entire point was to just be like juvenile, childish, introduce the world and the rules and the characters and the cards of Dragon Ball Heroes to young and upcoming fans. And that's really what this new Avatars series does. Um, it's with this kid who really looks up to Goku and it's introducing heroes and its rules and its cards and its strategies, just as you would expect it to do. We're about eight chapters into this one right now. Uh, and actually it's getting a collected edition and that one is due out the first one there on April 4th, alongside a bunch of other stuff. I can't say much positive about this. This is one of those things like, yeah, you're not getting it. You're probably never going to get it in any other language, but you're not missing a whole lot like it's 
not supposed to be this wonderfully artistic take on the Dragon Ball Heroes world. That's something else we'll mention. It's just to get kids into the series. Um, and maybe that's belittling it a little too much, but that's the point it serves in this magazine here. And that kind of leaves us with the flagship Dragon Ball manga running in Psycho Jump right now. We are on the fourth mainline serial from Yoshitaka Nagayama for Super Dragon Ball Heroes. Started with Dark Demon Realm Mission, went to Universe Mission, went to Big Bang Mission, and now we are at Ultra God Mission. Each of those uh, subsequent series gets one more exclamation point at the end of its title. So yes, Ultra God Mission does have four exclamation points at the end of its title. That is the formal way to write that series. So Ultra God Mission, man. So we're only one chapter into it right now. Uh, you may have seen out there that the promotional anime for Super Dragon Ball Heroes started at this point as well. It's an all new tournament from all space and time. Dragon Ball Fusions kind of already did that. And they're basically just having their cake and eating it too. They're doing another universe survival arc, just space time, whatever. All of the promotional anime has been roughly based around the same material that Yoshitaka Nagayama's manga has been based around, but they've always been slightly different. Um, the manga honestly has always included more content than the promotional anime has. Uh, and I noticed that exact same thing here in this first chapter. There's more characters. We've got like Tal Pai Pai and Red Ribbon Army and some other folks in here. Whether it's good or not is is uh, certainly another question. The point of its art style has never been to replicate Toriyama's art style. Nagayama certainly has uh, their own flair for, for art here, but it's it's all new Dragon Ball. It's all new storylines and it's running here in Psycho Jump. Nagayama's manga has been getting collected editions in Japan. Um, Dark Demon Realm Mission was comprised into, let's see, three volumes. Universe Mission got into two volumes. Big Bang Mission, the third volume, what will likely, I assume, be its final volume. That's also due out this upcoming April 4th alongside all the other stuff. Um, SD, Avatars, this, and then Super Volume 18 is due out that day. The next issue of Psycho Jump is also due out that day. Um, so that should, I think, wrap up Big Bang Mission um, because its page count did get reduced when it went monthly. So just looking at the amount of chapters we have left uh, and the page count, for that volume, I think got bumped up. So that should include everything. If they don't include everything, that would be a really short fourth additional volume. Um, so I guess we'll see on that. Um, but Ultra God Mission just, just started. It is completely fresh here in Psycho Jump. We'll only be getting a second chapter here in the, the coming weeks when the May issue comes out at the beginning of April. They're on April 4th. And that's the state of other Dragon Ball manga um, beyond Dragon Ball Super. We haven't heard about any other one shots or other artists doing any other takes, whether that's in Psycho Jump, in V Jump or on Jump plus um this is everything that we have right now so that should be super that is running in v jump which we know uh sd which is running exclusively as a video series right now and then the three series being put into print in psycho jump the dragon ball gt anime comic super dragon ball heroes avatars by yuji kasai and super dragon ball heroes ultra god mission by yoshitaka nagayama Woof. All right. So I think that brings us to the end of this episode. I did want to mention, you probably noticed this kind of like by exclusion, that we didn't really talk about video games. And that was kind of partly by design, um, mainly because this episode was already, you know, a complete episode. And also because I think there's enough to talk about with video games that that can serve as its 
own independent podcast episode. Like, why would I put it all into one episode? I actually thought about splitting this one, but really felt like the anime and the comic stuff uh, complemented each other. Um, video games. So stay tuned for that. We will talk about the um, the state of Dragon Ball video games, a deeper dive there as its own topic. Please look forward to it. Things you can check out on Konzenshu right now. Well, we got a lot of just um, kind of like usual things going on. We've got Toyotaro Drua every month. We always put up the image and translation of what he says there. Uh, we've got the usual, the Psycho Jump, the, the back cover of every issue is doing this 40th anniversary super gallery where they get a different manga artist to um, kind of like reinterpret one of the Tankobone covers and they give a little translation of it there and they give a little comment there that we translate. We're doing that every month. We've got some semi-regular videos on social media. Um, those are getting compiled monthly on our YouTube channel, but there are more that we can't always include on YouTube because of audio stuff. If you want to get more Konzenshu content and maybe occasionally look at my mug while I'm talking to you about things, by all means, check us out on all the social medias. Um, primarily, let's see, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Those are the places. How about upcoming things to check out? Well, in terms of podcast stuff, it's actually been kind of like a podcast madhouse <laughs> lately over here. Um, I've got a guest appearance on another podcast that I will toss in the feed for you podcast exclusive listening folks when that's available. Um, and also I'll promote it everywhere else when that's out. Um, that is something you will probably want to hear. Uh, something very important and relevant that came out at the tail end of last year that we uh, wanted to talk about. And I probably still we'll talk about on this here podcast separately from that so look forward to it let's see what else we got uh we've got regular saturday night mario kart streams with uh some of the folks you regularly hear on this show and some other folks as well that is over on my twitch channel twitch.tv slash ex my personal page there um we've been also kind of reviewing anime and manga while we play mario kart if you're a podcast listener maybe this random review of angelic layer off on top of mario kart Sounds showed up in your feed. Yep, we reviewed Angelic Lair. Uh, we're currently over 100 chapters into reviewing the Ranma one-half manga while we review Mario Kart as well. Um, we have a good time every Saturday night, usually for a couple hours, just shooting the shit, playing cart, throwing bananas, talking about cool stuff. So uh, enjoy that. And every once in a while, if we do talk enough about Dragon Ball, I will compile just the Dragon Ball chat into its own little segment on YouTube. So uh, you can look forward to that. And then finally, I do want to note April 1st, 2022 will mark the 10th anniversary of Konzenshu's fusion from Daizenshu EX and Konzentai into Konzenshu. Nothing to say on the matter right now, but I will say look forward to some things we have in store for you then. I think that is going to wrap it up. This has been a heck of a podcast episode. I have enjoyed putting it together for you all www.kanzenshuu.com that is konzenshu.com thank you to Ian thank you to AJ thank you of course to Heath and Julian uh, and the extended Konzenshu family anyone and everyone wherever you are across the globe thank you for everything y'all do for us once more I have been Mike Fujito EX thank you so much for joining us on the, the This Hair Podcast we will see you next time take care Thank you.